Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest your cause. Good morning, Edwin. Good morning, Andrew. How are you doing today? I am doing fantastic. I am too. Well, you know, when I think about all of our friends and listeners that like to join in on these conversations, early morning, commuting to work, commuting to school, I just love all of them, and I just wanted to say that. I appreciate that. Yes, thank you. And we love hearing from them when they send us an email, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. So they've tuned in to talk about Psalm 26 this week. Psalm 26. I want to talk about the Lord's house today. All right. Psalm 26. I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. Vindicate me, O Lord, for I have walked in my integrity, and I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. Prove me, O Lord, and try me. Test my heart and my mind, for your steadfast love is before my eyes, and I walk in your faithfulness. I do not sit with men of falsehood, nor do I consort with hypocrites. I hate the assembly of evildoers, and I will not sit with the wicked." I wash my hands in innocence and go around your altar, O Lord, proclaiming thanksgiving aloud and telling all your wondrous deeds. O Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Do not sweep my soul away with sinners, nor my life with bloodthirsty men, in whose hands are evil devices and whose right hands are full of bribes. But as for me, I shall walk in my integrity. Redeem me and be gracious to me. My foot stands on level ground. In the great assembly, I will bless the Lord. Okay, so when I first read this, I looked at a couple different translations. I got to tell you, um, I had to sit up when it starts with vindicate me, O God. Mm -hmm. One of the translations I read, I think, said judge me, O God. Mm -hmm. What's that about? Is he inviting the judgment of God? Big question there. What does he mean here? So this word does have that idea of judgment with it. And so the question is, is he just asking God, judge me. I, mm-hmm. I I want you to look at me and decide, am I innocent? Am I not innocent? Or is he making this request in relation to other people around him that maybe have falsely accused him? Okay. And so he's saying to the Lord, you judge me and, and show that as vindication. And really the opinions among those who comment on this is actually pretty split. Because when I hear the word judge, or when I read the word judge, I think a determination needs to be made. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I hear the word vindicate, it's like a specific determination is being requested. So this gets into one of the fascinating questions about when was this psalm written? Why was this psalm written? And I want us to remember, as I kind of toss some things out here on this, I, I want us to remember that it's hard to pin down. In fact, nigh impossible. Remember, I don't know, last week or the week before that, I read through the psalm that we find coming out of Hannah's pen. Yeah. And when we didn't know the context, it was like, oh, I have no idea when that was written. It was apparently there was some battle or apparently, no, no, it was just here's here's this woman Mm -hmm. who was wanting a child and her husband's other wife was giving her a hard time and making fun of her. And you would have never, you would have never picked that out just from reading the psalm. The poetic form tends to obscure some of that information. And so... To, to try to nail down exactly when this was written or why it was written or how it was used, we're really swimming in a really, really deep end of the pool that mm-hmm. our feet aren't touching the ground on. Yeah. And we just need to be careful. So there are some that would suggest this is a psalm of innocence. After all, it mentions innocence. And it's the yeah. idea yeah. that David has been accused of something. 
Okay. And he is just declaring his innocence in the face of this particular accusation. Okay. So that's one picture that folks give of this psalm. The other picture is that it is a temple entry psalm. Okay. And so it's the idea. So so normally only people can enter the temple are the ones that have like the holy hands. The holy, and, the innocent yeah, hands. Innocent I've washed hands. my hands in innocence. Now there's no doubt. There is no doubt in my mind that as this psalm is placed in the Psalter mm-hmm. and in the organization that we have here, that there's something about the temple and there's something about the house of the Lord. And it really does fit with these psalms that have gone before it. And, and that's really what I want to talk about today. But there's a part of me that thinks that when this psalm was particularly written, if, if somebody were going to say, Edwin, when do you think this was written? Mm-hmm. I think that it might have been written around the time, either after Saul and Jonathan had been killed in battle or after Ishbosheth had been killed okay. and that David is declaring his innocence. And the reason why in my mind is I look through all of David's life and I could be completely washed up on this. This is I, I, I haven't read this anywhere. This is just as I'm trying to figure out what's going on. I really do find it fascinating that this statement about wash my hands in innocence mm-hmm. That's verse six. seems to be a reference back or kind of ties in with Deuteronomy chapter 21 verses one through nine. In Deuteronomy chapter 21, verses 1 through 9, what you have is the law if somebody is found dead outside mm-hmm. of a city. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I'm with wh- you. Yep. What they're supposed to do, somebody's take found a major, Take a measurement from the city, find who's closest. Whichever city is closest, right. then the elders of the city are supposed to come out and they wash their hands to declare that they are innocent of the blood of this murder. Mm-hmm. And so this, this, and again, this is just me taking a stab in the dark. Could be completely wrong. But if I were, if somebody were going to say, Edwin, when do you think what this was written? I think it could be written around that time, like especially with Ishbosheth, where David is highlighting. Yeah, wow. I, I'm washing my hands in innocent. Vindicate me, Lord. I have not done this. These guys did this. They thought I would want it. I didn't want it. Saul and Jonathan, I, I did not want this. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I think about when um, Joab kills... Oh, no. And now I'm going to lose the name. Is it Abner or Asahel? Or, Ab- I, now I'm which not one? remembering which, which of the guys it was. But, you know, he kills the fellow for killing his brother in battle. And David wants the entire country to know I didn't have him do that. It could be there. Okay. But the, the problem I have is, is that this, this whole psalm talks about how he doesn't associate with the wicked. Right. But he continues to have Joab as his, as his mighty man, as, as one of his men of valor. So hmm. I kinda, I'm kind of hard-pressed to fit it there. But it still it seems to fit with one of those kinds of things. Okay, sorry to take so long in describing all of that. Basically, all that goes to your original question of if someone sees it as merely a psalm of innocence, mm-hmm. a psalm where I am declaring my innocence, mm-hmm. they usually see that as vindicate. Okay. And so yeah, I, an accusation is made, Lord, vindicate me, I'm innocent of this. If they see it as a temple entry psalm, they usually see it as the word judge. Okay. Because now I'm wanting to come into your holy hill, I need you to judge me as allowed, allowed to, to enter, come into the holy hill. To enter. So that yeah. was a long way around the barn. Well, I tell you, what I appreciate about that, though, is that it reminds all of us uh, that, that we want to dig into these things. And, um, you know, we, we take these psalms as they are presented to us. Right, which which allows us to wonder about the interpretation of a couple of these words. Let's uh, let's take that uh, tack though, of entering into the temple mm-hmm. and entering into the house of God. 
um, David's entrance there, vindicate me or judge me that he could go be in that place. I see particularly right in the middle of the Psalm verses six through eight, that's where he wants to be. Yeah. Uh, I will wash my hands in innocence. So I will go about your altar. O Lord, there's a mark of the tabernacle or later temple. Verse 7, that I may proclaim with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of your wondrous works. Lord, I have loved the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Of course, in David's day, God's glory dwelt there in that holy place of the tabernacle, that holy of holies uh, in the temple. This is about knowing and, and entering the house of the Lord. Knowing and knowing God and entering his house. In fact, so while if someone were going to push me on when do I think the psalm was originally written and mm-hmm. its original context, I would put it around those times when he's declaring his innocence and washing his hands. I think, though, how it's used in the Psalter is all about the house of the Lord. Okay. In fact, what I think I'm picking up as we've been going through these conversations is that we're really in a series of Psalms all about being in the house of the Lord. Okay. Walk through this with me. See if you can hear what I'm saying. Okay. Psalm 23. How's mm-hmm. it end? Uh, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So here we've got the shepherd psalm that moves from the pasture to the palace that takes David from the wilderness wanderings into the planted house of the Lord. And that Mm -hmm. psalm ends with, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Then we moved into Psalm 24. And what Psalm 24 asked was, well, who actually gets to live in that house? Even though Mm -hmm. the, the house... The word house is not mentioned. We know it's all about the yeah. house of the Lord. It's, about, it's about ascending on yeah. his holy hill. On his right? holy hill. So so Psalm 23 ends with, I, I want to live there forever. And then Psalm 24 interestingly asks, but who gets to live there? Mm-hmm. Well, it's this person with pure hands and a clean heart. Now, we talked about Psalm 25. And we recognize that Psalm 25 almost seems to be this anticipated objection. Well, it takes a person with clean hands and a pure heart to be able to live in the house of the Lord. But I've already messed that up. I've defiled my hands. I've befouled my heart. What do I do now? Well, isn't it wonderful that you serve a merciful, holy Mm -hmm. God? Mm -hmm. And so that in Psalm 25 was that first psalm that actually specifically, explicitly stated the psalmist's own sin. He had sinned, even sins in his youth. Remember not the sins of my youth. And so now here in Psalm 26, we've got this declaration that I have been what it takes to dwell in your holy hill. Vindicate me, Mm. uh, judge me, try me, test me, prove me, and see that I am one of these ones who ought to be able to be in your holy house. Mm -hmm. And one of the arguments is I love your house. I love your house. I want to be in your house. I love your habitation. I love your presence. I love dwelling with you. I want to dwell with you. I want you to dwell with me, which I'm not an idolater. Yeah. I don't love the false gods. I don't love their temples. I don't love their houses. Mm -hmm. I love your house. Mm -hmm. And at least the way it comes across in the New King James in verse 8, I have loved the habitation of your house, that this is his way. He has loved it. He loves it. He will love it. Uh, And I I appreciate that so much when I contrast it with this idea of an assembly of the wicked, right? In verse 5, I have hated the assembly of evildoers. His love is for the habitation, the house of the Lord. Uh, Where do we find this habitation in this house of the Lord? I believe it's in the assembly of his people today, his church. That is exactly what was going on in my head as you were talking about that, that 
I can look back at this psalm and think about David trying to be at the tabernacle, Solomon at the temple as he's building it, and the kings after that at the temple. But really for me, if I am going to be where David is, I love your house, Lord. I'm actually talking about his church. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about his people in Ephesians. And I, I know as we go through these psalms, especially the ones focusing here on the house of the Lord, we're going to get to this passage again and again and again. But in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 19, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. If I am going to say along with David in this psalm, I love your house, what I'm saying is I love your church. Mm. I don't mean I love the building that the congregation I'm a part of meets in. I'm saying I love the people of God, and Mm -hmm. I love to be with the people of God, and I love to gather with the people. And I guess I do want to make this distinction. It's not just saying I love the people as an aggregate mass of individuals. It is talking about the fact that I love the people as the temple of God, mm. as the group that worships and glorifies God. So so when I say that I love your house, O Lord, I don't just mean I like to get together and hang out with people that are Christians. I love to go shoot hoops. Now, that may be true. It doesn't just mean that I love to get together and play games with them, you know, Splendor and Ticket to Ride and Catan. I do love that, and we I think we should enjoy that. But really, in the context of the psalm, it is about worship. It is about gathering together as the group of people that brings glory to God, Mm -hmm. that has the glory of God dwelling in us, shining Mm -hmm. that light of that glory. It's really about the fact that when the church is gathering together to worship God, I want to be there. And I want us to do that as often and as much as possible Uh, because I I love your house. I love your house, Lord. Love your house, Lord. Sure, good to talk with you about this at the beginning of the week, Andrew. Why don't you go ahead and wrap us up with a prayer? Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for this 26th Psalm. Thank you for the time that we can think about, I mean, really meditate upon something so glorious, which is your house and your habitation. Composed of every precious soul in Jesus Christ, it is a living temple which lives forever for your glory. We pray, Father, that we might walk worthy of that calling to be a part of that temple today to love it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song, You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.